Life Audio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sparkle Speak. This is our first episode of 2024. Happy New Year. I am so excited to introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Diana. She is a counselor for a marriage retreat program online. You can check out our show notes to find all the information of where you can find her. She is so inspirational. Her husband and her actually hit rock bottom and were at a very low point. She talks about that, how she was standing in line at a food bank at one point, just wondering, how did we get here? Where are you, God? How do we move forward and get through this? And so I know you're going to be inspired by hearing her story. And she talks a lot about how she became a Christian. Her family is originally from Egypt. And I love their story and how they just came to know God. So um, without further ado, please enjoy hearing from Diana after a few words from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Well, why don't we start with my first question that I ask everybody, and I'm excited to hear your answer to this because it's so unique for everyone. Um, But for you, like, how did you first start identifying yourself as a Christian or how did you first come to know God? Mm -hmm. I love that question. So actually, I uh, come from a long lineage of faith and um, I'm from the Middle East. Uh, Our family of origin is Egypt, so that's uh, not traditional Christian beliefs uh, in the country per per se, but my grandfather was the first one to come to know Jesus in our family line. Before that, it was a more of a traditional faith background, but um, a woman missionary from America in the 20s came to Cairo and did a street revival, and um, he went and felt the Lord was calling him to whatever this was. There was no grid for this, but he knew that this was what he was called to. So he gave his life to Jesus and pioneered the Protestant church in uh, Cairo, Egypt. So he was a very prominent figure. My mom, his daughter, grew up in church and was just a very um, wildfire of a Christian, just completely loves the Lord and grew up in that environment. And long story short, she married my dad, who was coming to America um, and they didn't really know each other. It was a God ordained type thing where he, she just, he felt led and kind of asked for her hand, um, feeling like this woman is potentially the woman for me and, um, God made a way for them. And so they came to America and long story short, uh, I was born shortly thereafter, nine months later, here I was. Um, so they're in a new country in, in this, um, new land and, um, they didn't have a community of faith because they primarily spoke Arabic. 
And so they uh, they did what they could, the next best thing, I, I call it for them, which was uh, they went to the inner cities and found a church. It was an African-American church, um, but it had a lot of the same um, just kind of warmth and some of the elements that they were used to. And so there we were, the only like Arab family, my only non-Black family, actually, for the, for the most part, um, in the church, and it was home for us. So growing up in that environment, it was very comfortable for me, and I had a real connection with Jesus from, uh, I, I remember asking him into my heart for the first time at like six or seven years old. And um, then, you know, life, slowly, there was a lot of things that happened growing up um, that were, uh, this not supposed to happen. And I remember instead of running away, I had an anchor to run to. Um, mm. I remember really having just that close connection with Jesus from a very young age. But I think um, it really became my own faith in college as I started to kind of test the waters and say, like, why do I believe what do I what I believe? You know, ministry was something we did since I was pretty much born into it. We were always ministering. We were always in church. We were always church planting or doing different things, but why? And so it started me on a journey to kind of find out why I believe what I believe and who is this Jesus for real to me? Because I knew he was real. I'd seen him in the valleys. I'd seen him as I walked through really hard things as a child. Um, but I wanted to know him, to know him, know him in my heart for myself. So, um, yeah, it was just a stretching and coming into my own, I think, of a next level of faith at that time. And then uh, kind of uh, it grew from there. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. I love hearing that. And it's it's cool to hear you say that um, while you did have to test your faith and really, you know, question it. And I think that's healthy to do. I think we we should be doing that, you know, in certain times to make sure it's really um, real for us. But I love that even in the midst of that, like you still had such a strong belief in Jesus that like you didn't waver because you had an anchor. You said you were anchored in him. And I love that because I think when, when we really do know Jesus for real, I don't know that we can I don't know that we can ever really fully get away from it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like when you know the peace and the comfort that God provides to you, how do you leave that behind when you really need it? Everything that we're searching for is found in him. Mm-hmm. And when you've tasted that, I think that truly it it brings you back. It boomerangs you and it anchors and centers you. When yes. Um, and you know, I, I always like to look at it like this. I think our questions and our doubts and our wrestling with God is part of our faith journey. And I think I like to say it like this. If God can't handle that, he's not big enough. Like you're not, we're like, God's mm-hmm. big enough for our questions and our answers. And he welcomes those type of things, those wrestlings so that we can know him more. Um, Yes, I agree with that. That's so true. And I do have one question just to circle back on your grandfather, because that is really significant that he was able to hear the gospel and choose it for himself being in a, in a country, in a culture that, you know, it wasn't prominent in. Um, So you said that he stepped away from a traditional faith. Was that, um, what was, was it a different religion or what was he practicing before? Yeah, no. So um, the just to give you a geographic, like a, a demographic overview of the country, the country is primarily Muslim. 
um, with about a 10 or 15% currently um, Christian uh, rate. Um, and the 10, 15% that is Christian is predominantly about 90% of them are Coptic Orthodox Christians. And a Coptic Orthodox Christian is a very much a traditional faith. So it's like um, a Catholic orientation or a, um, um, a Russian Orthodox or something of that nature, um, Greek Orthodox, very similar in expression. So kind of ritualistic and less relationship, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, so there wasn't this daily walk with God. It was just, I go to church because I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm born into that. I go out of obligation rather than out of relationship. So that was the shift, but there wasn't options in the country before his time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm assuming there were some, obviously some Coptic believers who, who wanted more, but there wasn't anything formalized or anything like a movement, if you will. Sure. Um, yeah. So that's what he stepped out. And, you know, he paid a real great price for that. Uh, he was heavily persecuted in the country. Um, and uh, yeah, his church still stands in Cairo. We went uh, last summer, um, got to minister there in Egypt, and we're doing some work there, which is kind of part of our new season, which is exciting. So, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. He sounds like a great man. Like that's, yeah. that's hard to do. Like you said, there was a lot of persecution. It's not easy. So that I'm sure that's something you really appreciate that he set that tone for your parents and for you. And that's really cool. Um, and that kind of leads me into my next question I have for you too, which is, have you had any experiences that have really helped shape or change your view of God, like a significant event or season of life that really helped define your faith for you? And can you share that with us? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, um, when I hear that question, I'm taken back to a time where um, I call it our rock bottom, um, where everything that we knew that we had identified ourselves with or had built our security or a stability in was kind of the, the rug was pulled out from under us. And um, I remember my husband and I had been we'd been married at that time, probably around 10 or 11 years. Um, marriage was rocky. There was a lot of dysfunction. There was a lot of trauma that I had been carrying to and unprocessed things and unhealed things. Um, our daughter was very sick and having seizures. I had lost my business. We were in foreclosure, um, bankruptcy. Um, and here we are with a, a child who's sick, you know, in the middle of all of this. Um, so financially, all of that put such a strain on us. Our priority was getting our kid well and, um, whatever that meant and cost, it didn't matter. And so I remember one day, really, Catherine, I remember standing on a food pantry line, um, waiting to get groceries. And I had been like a successful business person. I had been in ministry. I had been, you know, all these things. And I'm standing on the line. And I remember being very like angry. And I, I just stood there and I'm praying. And I'm like, really, God, um, I'm getting emotional. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. I, I remember saying like, really, Lord, like this is what you think of me. Like I've served you all my life. Mm -hmm. And now I'm waiting to see like what expired food we're going to get, how we're going to feed our kids, you know? And I was just angry. Mm -hmm. And I remember the Holy Spirit whispering to my heart and it wasn't a condemning type of thing. It wasn't a, um, put me in my place type of voice at all. It was a really Diana. Now you're asking me, you've made these decisions, many of them in your own strength. 
you and your husband have been doing life with me on the fringes. Mm. And I, I was like, I didn't realize I was doing that. Then teach me. I don't know any other way. I've had to learn to be resilient. I've had mm. to learn how to fight my way through life. Mm-hmm. Teach me, teach me. And, um, and so he did, he began to walk us through like restoration in our marriage where we were almost on the fritz, like done. Wow. Um, he began restoring our, our, the health of our daughter, just one step at a time, even my own healing journey. Um, and that's what drew me to counseling. And I went back into counseling school and started this practice and where we are today is in direct correlation. But before that, um, he literally moved us from where we were living, you know, probably a thousand miles north where we are now. And I remember one day just saying like, God, you're so good. If I never own another house, if I never am able to have another business or have another ministry or whatever, you've truly taught me what it means. You're teaching me what it means that you are enough. I'm content, God. Wow. For two years, Catherine, he just walked me through like studying and learning what it meant to abide what it meant. What does this word contentment mean? I was uncomfortable saying it. I, I didn't like the word abide. Abide to me felt like punishment. I'm mm. fast paced. I want to do, I want to run. I want to, and he's like, no, 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 come back. Abide. And I would get up in the morning for my quiet time and I'd be like, okay, are we done? Like, can I come out of timeout now and like do something? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, no, I, I, I want you to sit and soak and receive and just be. Like, this is what you're called to right mm-hmm. here. And, um, and he did. And he, he, he walked and led us into places that had we not walked in that valley, we would never see the mountain that we're on now or the mountaintop or this next level. Not that there aren't valleys here. I mean, we continuously, part of our walk is the valleys and the mountains. And we're on this journey with Jesus. But I think that if it wasn't for that season, um, I would know him the way I know him now. Yeah. And isn't that such an interesting, um, I, I, it's, it's so interesting. It's like, it's hard to really want to take back or wish away those hard moments because they brought you so close to your savior. But it's like, of course you wish you didn't have to go through it. Of course you wish you know, your daughter hadn't been sick and your marriage hadn't been so, um, you know, unraveled. Of course you wish those things. However, like it, you know, because you clung to Jesus, it ended up being beautiful because that's what he promises. He'll make the broken things beautiful and he will uh, take care of those who love him and work all things together for good. And your story is a testament of that. It was, it was hard. You don't wish it upon anyone. However, in God's goodness, he, he brought you closer to him as a result. And now you can look back and say, I'm grateful. Um, at least I'm assuming that's what you're saying. I'm kind of putting I, words in your mouth. <laughs> no, no, that, that's perfectly said. And I, I'll tell you this too. Um, I encountered God in those, in that season, like I'd never encountered him before. Mm. I was able to watch him do and provide in miraculous ways, truly. Like he had space because I wasn't so busy being everything to everybody, including ourselves. Like I was trying so hard to be God without really knowing it. And you can't anymore. You're like, oh God, I need you. 
I remember that Christmas. It was a, like a very lean Christmas that year. There was nothing. And we had miraculously been chosen by like the local police department to be the family. I didn't even put our name in. I don't know who put our name in. Wow. And they showed up with presents that year. And I, I remember it like the kids having like bikes and all these things that were like, okay, thank you, Jesus. Like I didn't, I had nothing to do with that. I remember like that, that Christmas I had uh, listened on the Christian radio. They were saying like the nutcracker was coming to town and um, I had two little girls at the time. And I'm like, I didn't even dare whisper that out loud because I knew what our situation was like. But I, I, in my heart, responded to it. I was like, huh, kind of like a, oh, I would love to do something like that with my girls. And I promise you, I, I didn't even pray about it. I just kind of like, ah, well, that'd be nice. And within like the next few few hours, a neighbor I'd never seen before and never seen after knocked on my door. And she said to me, Hey, I've been walking around um, the neighborhood and I just felt like I was drawn to your door. And I bought these tickets for the nutcracker for tonight. And my daughter can't come into town. Um, I know you have little girls I've seen. Can I bless you with these tickets like for the nutcracker for tonight? Wow. Story after story of how he showed up in the big and in the little, in those heart inclinations, those little things that I couldn't even verbalize as prayers and in the big things too, like how he just showed up. So that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. I got chills when you just said that. That is so cool. And it's, it's that scripture in real life where if he takes care of the lilies, you know, in the field, he, how much more will he care for us and your girls and you during that time? So Thank you for sharing. That's amazing. And it's a good reminder too, that even when we aren't walking through the really deep valleys, um, to continue to listen for his voice and give him the space to show up because we don't want to only be waiting for the times where we're really suffering to do that because that's available to us every single day. And so even just hearing your story, it's a good reminder to continue that at the forefront of our minds, even when life is just kind of you know, ho, ho, humming along, you know? Yeah. It was for me, just a realization that he cares. He cares. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And do you have anything, um, like a favorite verse or even just like a concept or something that God has been teaching you lately that you can share with us? Well, I have a favorite verse and I have a, a concept or a, something that he keeps bringing me to. It's another one of those seasons of like, okay, God, I thought we exhausted this part of scripture. And he's like, no, come back, come back. My my anchor verse, if you will, or my favorite verse is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And um, I know it's a lot of people's, but for me, it really came to life because I have trust issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so the verse says, um, we are to trust in the Lord in all our ways. And I used to read it in the Diana International Version, which is something like, you know, trust in the Lord in some of my ways. Like I would reserve God for the big things, right? And and I would trust him with the big things, but I can do the rest. But th- that's not what the verse says. It says, trust in the Lord in all my ways, right? Mm-hmm. Trust in God in all my ways. Lean not on my own understanding, And when I did some digging on that, it's like my own thought processes came to light. And I was good at leaning and figuring it out on my own. And again, that's not what that scripture says. Don't lean on my own 
thought processes, my own understanding, but in all my ways, acknowledge him. All my ways means all my ways. Right. And mm-hmm. there's a promise attached to it. So it became real to me that like, okay, God, as I'm making dinner tonight, I'm like, including you in this process, Lord, help me nourish my family. As I get ready for a client, Lord, help me um, be present for them. Lord, you know already what they need. You know, mm-hmm. as some things are going down in front of me, I'm acknowledging him in my heart and in my mind. So just making room for him. And mm-hmm. then right now he has me in Psalm 23 a lot, a lot. And just how we do have valleys, but he is the good shepherd. You know, he walks with us and he restores our soul. I do a lot of soul work with folks. I do a lot of like work on the emotions and the feelings and things. And guess who's in charge of that? Mm. He is. Mm-hmm. He restores that. And so to let him do that. So those are just some of my favorites. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I, I had never actually thought about that, that God is in control of my feelings, which can yeah. feel really tumultuous at times and chaotic and kind of, ah, I can't rein this in. But, you know, he, I, I just got the picture, as you said, Psalm 23, the good shepherd of him just kind of like standing there with a rod, like in, in control of the chaos. Yeah. And I think we as sheep, a lot of times want to shepherd ourselves. Mm-hmm. He just reminds us there, like, I'm the good shepherd. Yeah. I, I want to restore your soul. I want to walk with you in the valley, but we can't lay down in this valley and make it our permanent residence. That's not what it's meant to, or escape the valley and run away from it into other things. Right. But his mm. promise is I'm the good shepherd right with you in it. We walk. Yeah, we walk. Yeah, that's beautiful. Super powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, obviously, I mean, your story has been, I think, really encouraging. And I think a lot of people who are currently walking through, you know, a dark season or um, maybe have in the past can get a lot of hope from just hearing, you know, how God has redeemed your life and the things that you've walked through. Um, but as we close, um, I know you mentioned you have a, uh, you know, a business and some things that you have going on. So is there any like resources that you can point people to, or just tell us a little bit about what you do now? Sure. So I uh, run a marriage intensive retreat business here in the Carolinas. Uh, we help people to rebuild and restructure their marriages in a few days, and it's highly effective. It's really God's work. And um, I'm, I'm honored to be part of that. And we do some one-on-one coaching and I write and speak. And so um, I have a a little uh, gift for people on my website. They can go to uh, dianaasad.com. It's D-I-A-N-A-A-S-A-A-D.com. And all the information about all the stuff that we do is is on there. Um, And yeah, it's an emotional resilience roadmap that I have on there for folks. And it's really useful for people who are navigating some hard things or walking through some valleys. Maybe they need some guidance or some step-by-step. So it helps people um, untangle some of those things. Awesome. So is that just for couples then, or would it be for anyone who wanted to, to look into emotional healing? That's a great question. I do a lot of couple work, but I also do a lot of individual work. So it's kind of distinct on the website, but we, we have some help for those that need it. Awesome. That's great. I really love that you have um, stepped into your calling in that way and really taken what God has shown you personally to help other people. Because 
I, I, I probably have mentioned this quote so many times on this podcast. So my listeners are probably laughing, but it literally changed my life. It was like, um, so I don't know if you know, um, author Cynthia Garrett, she hosts a podcast with life audio called girl club and she's written a few books. She's a, um, international speaker and such, but in her uh, prelude to her book, one of her friends, Sheila Walsh, um, she's an author as well. She she wrote this quote, and I'm not reading it word for word right now, but um, it's basically saying how when Christ uh, rose again from the grave, he could have chosen to remove all of his scars and just risen completely um, healed, blemish-free, but he didn't. He chose to rise with his scars still there because what that did is that showed his power and authority over what he went through. And it showed that he conquered it and he overcame it. And I love that because it's like in our own lives, we would love to get rid of our scars. A lot of times it's like, I just want to forget I ever went through that. Like that was horrible. I don't even want that to be a part of my story, but we carry the scars. And of course they're healed because Jesus heals them and covers them, but they're still there. And that's okay because what that does is it gives us the power to help other people and show other people that they can come out the other side from those scars and those wounds. So good. And I love that. And it's so true. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you're doing. And I'm, I'm really, you know, grateful that, that you've chosen to do that. I'm sure it's not easy, but you know, we're all just in this together and doing the best we can every day. (laughs) Every day is an adventure and it's never boring. I like to say, but (laughs) yes. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing your story. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the invite and getting to know you, Catherine. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Sparkle Speak. As always, you can find us at on Instagram at underscore sparklefaith underscore or at sparklefaith.com. And be sure to check out our sponsors at lifeaudio.com. They have other podcasts and shows just like this one, great Christian shows that you'll be inspired by. So please check them out and we will see you back here next episode. Have a great week. This is Chris Christensen, and back in 2006, I started a simple project, a project to try and introduce more people to the Bible through Bible study called the Bible Study Podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea. Each week, every week, we study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says and what that might mean for us today. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for the Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.